Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got a Twitter poll. We got a Twitter poll. We got a Twitter poll. We'll talk to you about that in a minute. And listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. Give us a five-star rating, please, 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 for our Week 11 NFL recap. And, of course... It wouldn't be Think Tank Sports if I didn't have Mike alongside with me, and uh, virtually, of course. But, Mike, how's it going this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Seeing as we're saying everything in threes tonight, buddy. I didn't know this was the, the triple cast, but uh, here we are, Think <sighs> Tank Sports. Uh, and there was a Twitter poll out there this week, and it was asking what's the most compelling uh, matchup there for week 11, Dave. And uh, there was a, a lot of compelling matchups, but I feel like we hit this one on the, on the head here. Uh, the first option was Bills versus Colts. Then you had uh, Cowgirls versus Chiefs, uh, Steelers versus Chargers, and Cards versus Sea Chickens. And uh, Bills, Colts, and Cards, Sea Chickens uh, ended in a virtual tie uh in our Twitter poll, uh, I would say, Dave, it turns out that Steelers-Chargers game uh, turned out to be the most compelling of all of them. Uh, it's the kind of game, you know, when you have neither one of the teams or your team, uh, no dog in the fight, so to speak. Uh, it was still super entertaining, and I didn't want it to end. I wanted them to keep playing. Uh, it was a good time there on Sunday night football. Uh, but, uh, Dave, let's... Let's just... Yeah, and the other and the other three games were duds. Yeah, really. right. I mean, not nothing compelling in any way uh, with those three other games, which you know kind of stinks because you know there was I, uh, certainly for us and I think nationally some uh, anticipation that there were going to be some good matchups and some really compelling football. Right. Uh, there was some really compelling football. It just didn't occur in these matchups, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's certainly and, true. Yeah, and not compelling and uh, just awful uh, was the Bills' performance against the Colts on Sunday. Um, Yeah, first of all, you know, the Bills' pick, um, and some of this certainly had to do with the Colts, but and I don't mean like pick, like the Bills looked at the schedule and go, oh, that's the game where our defense isn't going to show up. But this was the game where their defense didn't show up, Mike. Yes. Uh, all the things that they've been able to do all year, um, they haven't. They didn't do in this game. They weren't able to stop the run. They didn't uh, really. They didn't turn uh, Indianapolis over. Uh, you know, the offense itself just could never get on track. We saw more of Josh Allen uh, forcing it, throwing the ball too hard. Uh, when he did throw it on time, there was a lot of drop passes by receivers. Uh, you know, would they have beaten the Colts if they had done some of these things better? I'm not sure, but at least it would have been a little bit closer. Uh, Josh Allen's two uh, interceptions were just terrible throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouldn't have been thrown, even though the one was tipped up in the air. He's still thrown into double coverage. Uh, really looked bad. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's fumble right before the half, uh, allowing the Colts to go in and get another touchdown. Um, that, that one was interesting because McKenzie just bringing the ball back on the kickoff and just trips and falls and the ball just falls out and rolls away and and the Colts pick it up. And the announcers uh, trying to be nice, like, Oh, I think he was touched. And I'm, I'm watching this game. Like, no, he wasn't touched. He just <laughs> fell down. And they show the replay. And, of course, there's nobody near him. And, you know, he's like, oh, sorry, Isaiah McKenzie. Um, and it but, wasn't yeah, like there was just, weather to blame it on or, you know, I mean, it was just just a gaffe. That's all there was. To yeah, it. just just absolutely terrible. Uh, so on top of not doing a lot of things well, um, yeah, you get the fumble. You get the, the Josh Allen interceptions. Uh, just really not a good, not a good performance for the Bills. And then you look at this Colts team. Who at the beginning of the year, we you know I think everybody thought 
this is a team that's going to contend and be right there in the AFC. And they started out 0-3, and yep. they look terrible. And you know, every week we're listening to Mike talk about how bad Carson Wentz is, and, and rightfully so. He was terrible. Yep. Uh, he was not uh, tremendous by any stretch in this game, 11-20, 106 yards and a touchdown. But he managed the game, and the big, huge, monster story in this game is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and we've been talking about him for weeks. Mike's been saying he is the non-quarterback MVP of the league. It's hard to argue. You really can make an argument for him being the MVP of the league after this performance on Sunday, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I was on that early Dave, I saw this uh, stat, and uh, this jumped off the page at me. Uh, so he, Jonathan Taylor, becomes uh, a running back. This is his second year in the league. Uh, to rush for 1,000 yards and have 10 or more touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. And I won't ask you to name the other ones. There's uh, looks like uh, 10 or 12 or so. But these names, Dave, that are on this list jumped off the page at me. Uh, Earl Campbell, Billy Sims, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin, Edron James, LaDainian Tomlinson, Clinton Portis, and Adrian Peterson uh, were the ones to previously do it. And Jonathan Taylor joins that uh, company. That there's not a week. Probably Clinton Portis is the weakest name on that list, and he's no slouch. Yeah, I, no, he's no slouch either. I mean, he just his career ended early because of injuries, but he was yeah. he was well on his way. I mean, I think he's between. I feel like he's between seven and eight thousand rushing yards, yeah. uh, and that all happened pretty early on. So yeah, I did see that list. They did put that stat up during the game, and you're right. I, you look at those names, and that is. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's an elite company uh, for sure. And and here's why, folks. 32 carries, 185 yards. Wow. 185 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. Oh, and by the way, he also caught three passes for 19 yards and also caught a touchdown. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Jonathan Taylor just absolutely took apart uh, – the Bills, uh, the Colts rush for 264 yards as a team. Uh, just, I mean, ground and pound does it no service uh, at all. They just absolutely shredded uh, the Bills' defense. Uh, the offensive line uh, blocked great all day for the Colts. And uh, this is a team now, uh, a lot of like the Titans a few weeks ago, they put this one performance on. And you and we said then you look at this if they can play this way nobody's going to want to play them. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, you know they are like you said, ground and pound, take control. Uh, one of the better offensive lines in the league, uh, and certainly prove that this week. Dave, let, let's take a look at the Bills uh, overall for a second. Uh, there's a theory out there that now that we're uh, you know week 11 here in the season that the bills uh play strongly against finesse teams teams that want to throw the ball because they have a decent pass rush they're good on the back end can get pressure rushing only four and then they lose to teams that are more the the running game play action pass gonna um, exert their will on on the buffalo bills team and when you look at it uh, this season, the teams that the Bills um, have beaten, uh, the Chiefs, they certainly won the pass first, uh, Washington, the Dolphins twice, the Texans, and the Jets. Uh, those are all wins for the Bills, uh, teams that aren't exactly known for being bullies, if you will. Uh, and, their w and their losses are Titans, Steelers, Colts now, and the Jaguars, who are, you know, maybe – are the exception to this rule. But yeah. uh, I think it's a narrative going forward that uh, is going to continue to gain steam here is can the Bills rise up and meet the toughness of these other teams? Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say the Bills are soft because I don't believe that's true. Um, but these uh, finesse teams, they seem to have an easier time with. And uh, 
it needs to be addressed. You know, last year when you ended the season, you were looking for pass rush, uh, and you certainly took care of that in the off season. But now, uh, stopping the run uh, just seems to be an issue for them. Uh, do you agree with that uh, theory, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's look, your your theory is is based one hundred percent in fact. So I don't even think it's theory; it's just flat out truth. Okay. Uh, that is exactly how things have gone. I think what's disturbing, and this is, I was thinking this as you were talking and you said it, the Bills spent all this money on, and picks on defensive line. They have, you know, eight, nine guys they can rotate through. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. There hasn't been a game this year where all of them have been healthy. Um, and the Bills, arguably the Bills' best defensive player, Tremaine Edmonds, didn't play in this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you want to, you know, go back even farther, you know, again, there's just guys that are not there. Star Latulale was not here uh, at this game either. Uh, and every team has to play with injuries. So it, this is not, I'm not bemoaning that, but I want to make sure that it's pointed out, yeah, you know, that, that there are, some factors besides that. Now, on t- regardless of all of that, something does need to change. And I, I just don't, I don't know what it is. You know, they, it, it just seems like at times there's no fire. Mm. Uh, you know, they're looking to Josh Allen, which is great. And he's, they should be, uh, but he's out there not playing well. Uh, you know, just rushing things, not slowing it down. Uh, forcing balls in, throwing balls too hard. And this is not, I mean, this is the kinds of things we saw from Josh Allen a couple of years ago. Uh, certainly last year he was able to really, you know, reel it in, be more controlled, uh, you know, get all these passes uh, together for for lots of great things. And you're not seeing that right now. So some of that too may be the defenses have started to adjust, you know, as people have talked about Kansas city uh, and people are starting to figure that out. But the bills have been a team uh, over the last year and a half, two years. And we've talked about it on the podcast that they have been able to make changes and morph and, and win games in different ways. Uh, And you just, you just don't see that very much this year. And, uh, you know, that's disturbing. And they're coming up now on this, you know, this tough, well, this Colts game was one of this tough five-game stretch. Now they short game. They go to play the Saints on Thanksgiving. And then Patriots, the home game, I'll be there on Monday night. Um, and then at the Bucks, And then a Panthers team that's up and down. And then another game with the Patriots. Uh, this is, without a doubt, their toughest part of the schedule. And they're not playing well. No. Uh, have they, not playing well at all. Have they given up on running the ball on offense as well? It just seems like they're uh, instantly in pass mode. And I know a lot of those, you know, Cole Beasley and Diggs, you know, passes are like their running game. I get that. Um, but, you know, I, I think Singletary and Moss and, and Matt Breida now, uh, you know, can be effective. Uh, I, I wonder where they are on the offensive line. I don't follow – uh, the team closely enough to know exactly. Oh, uh, it's been awful. Healthy. They've been it's no, it's been match awful. all year, right? It's been it's it's really has been a sore spot. You know, a, a, a strength of the team last year. Right. Uh, lots of injuries. You know, Spencer Brown. Uh, he was out two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Then the week before or the week after that. Um, so a week ago, not this past Sunday, he comes back in. Yes, they're playing the Jets, but the line had a lot more continuity. Spencer Brown was not in on in this net this last game against the Colts. Uh, Feliciano has been out. Uh, they have been shuffling people along with the offensive line, and I would be as dumb as a box of rocks if <laughs> I didn't acknowledge that the shuffling of the offensive line has has been difficult for the team and being able to establish the run they only ran 13 times in this game they threw the ball 40 times right no that's all you need to know right that and that that's shocking 
uh, compared to where they've been in the recent past. But let's give the Colts a lot of credit now. Now, Dave, oh, I, yeah. I don't know if you followed uh, the HBO series Hard Knocks is doing an in-season version uh, of their show, and they're following the Colts the first uh, episode dropped last week, and uh, it was it was very compelling. Um, all the preseason stuff that we enjoy, you know, getting to know these players behind the scenes, and you know, seeing how much they care, and how you know who's who's involved with all the team activities and who isn't. That's that's a good. Uh, but this Colts team, you know, last year was a lot closer to making a deep playoff run than. Um, than we, I think, give them credit for in general. Uh, Frank Reich is a heck of a leader, dude. Uh, he could be my head coach anytime, and I love Joe Judge for the Giants, but uh, he definitely gets it. Um, so it'll be fun to see what the Colts can do going forward. Uh, if Taylor's going to run the ball like this and they can stay healthy on the offensive line, um, they have a good enough defense that they're going to be one of these teams if they sneak into a, a six or seven spot uh, in the playoffs. That two or three seed is going to be uh, not sleeping comfortably the night before when they have to face them. So it's jarring, Dave, to look at the standings and not see the Bills uh, on the one or two line uh, for the AFC. And they're dropped all the way down to seven. Uh, and the final wild card spot, if you know the proverbial, if the season ended today, I was uh, equally you know shocked to see that jump off the page uh, when we looked at, when I looked at the standings this morning. So uh, yeah, that's certainly is stunning. Not where the Bills want to be, um, but look, they have two games. You know, we talk about the difficulty in the schedules. They have two games against the Patriots. Uh, you know, that will, those two games will go a long way towards whether they're seventh or third or, you know, right. wherever they end up finishing. You know, they do have, you know, they're very close with the Chiefs. They own the tiebreaker against the Chiefs. So, you know, they obviously lose the one against the Titans, but, you know, yeah. there, there, there's still some hope, folks. We're not, uh, oh, no. You know, we're not jumping off bridges in Buffalo. Uh, but this, for sure, at this point of the year, uh, I don't think Bills fans would have said, yeah, we're in six and four in second place uh, in the division. So the question on everyone's minds, Dave, going into this podcast is, what is the sphincter tightening level of the Western New Yorkers after this week's performance and uh, the Patriots hammering of the Falcons on Thursday night football, 25 to nothing? Um, I think last week you said you were at like a seven, seven and a half. Um, where are you now as far as your confidence, one to ten? on this Bills team and their ability to make a deep playoff run? Yeah, I mean, I, certainly. So there's 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 two questions in there yeah. that you asked. One, is the, is the sphincter tightening up? Oh, yes, I, I think it is. <laughs> um, and, happy you know, Thanksgiving, I, I America. I think, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, America. You're tightening <laughs> up just when more stuff is coming out than does during the rest of the year. And now we've just fallen yes. off the table. Anyways, um, I, I still think... It, I'm at the same number. Uh, okay. And, I, you know, it, it, there's still so many games in hand. Um, but you do, you know, you get to a point where if we see the same kind of performance uh, from the Bills on Thanksgiving night um, and they don't win and you see the same kinds of errors again, mm -hmm. then I think there is going to be some real concern. And you're going to see, you know, my certainly my confidence level go down. I think there's you know, there's so many pieces. Uh, we talked about the performance and stuff. They've had so many bad penalties, these personal fouls, yeah. and, uh, you know, just marks of a team that is not uh, – playing the way coach uh, Sean McDermott wants them to play right. and really out of control. I was surprised to see how in control he was uh, the coach when some of these plays and they, the camera was right on him that he wasn't uh, blowing up. He tends to not, right. but there have been some times. So uh, there's so much that they need to work on. 
Uh, let's just hope that, you know, the Saints, who are not playing well, provide some good fodder, uh, and the Bills can try to right the ship here uh, before this big game against the Patriots the next the next week. Yeah, I'll, I'd be willing to give them even a little bit of a pass this week as far as sloppiness. It's a short week, like you said, and the, the late game on Thanksgiving, uh, not being two West Coast teams, I think, uh, is a... a a mistake by the schedule makers. If you you're bringing casual football fans' eyes to the TV set on Thanksgiving, uh, why you're not playing, you know, like a Vegas Charger game or somebody, you know, something like that uh, for that late game, you, you know, boggles the mind. Um, but then they're going to have some time off to get ready for that big Patriots showdown. So, um, you know, obviously they won't have any problems getting motivated for that game. Um, but they should come out and handily beat the Saints uh, and get right before they head into Patriots week. So let's move away. Yeah, yeah Mike, you look at, uh, just quickly, if you look at yeah. week 12, the Packers-Rams game jumps out at you as a game that could have been Thursday night. Sure. Right, you get the middle marquee of the country. Yep. Right, huge marquee matchup. Um, yeah. But anyways, you know. Yep. Moving on, we, we need to talk about Week 11 before we get to Week 12. We do, buddy, we do. Let's talk about, um, let's go to the Ravens and the Bears, Dave, a game that ended 16-13 Ravens in what ended up being a battle of backup quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Justin Fields starts the game for the Bears and gets uh, cracked in the ribs. I think they said two broken ribs I heard today. Uh, and so we end up with the Red Rifle, uh, Andy Dalton, coming in uh, to try and save the day for the Bears. He went 11 for 23 for 201 yards and two TDs. Uh, here's another team, Dave, the Bears, that just don't run the ball enough for my taste. You know, with David Montgomery back there and uh, Grant, uh, the rookie out of Notre Dame, they should be running the ball a lot more. Uh, 14 rushes for 58 yards for Montgomery. Um, and, you know, the Bears were kind of in control of this game for quite a bit. And then, you know, just couldn't put a defensive effort together at the end. Now, they did lose Khalil Mack for the season. Um, but that one player shouldn't make that big of a difference. Um, and the Ravens came into this game... Uh, with Lamar Jackson, a last-second scratch for illness, non, and they made a big point non-COVID-related. Uh, so they bring in Tyler Huntley, uh, rookie out of Utah, or second season, excuse me. Se second year, yep, yeah. Yep. Out of Utah, and he had a really nice preseason, um, such as it was, and he acquitted himself quite, quite well here. Uh, 26 for 36, 219 yards, did throw an interception, but did what he had to do. And uh, this game was about Devontae Freeman and his resurgence, 16 rushes, 49 yards, and he popped in a, a late touchdown to win a game that uh, certainly did not light up the scoreboard, like I said, 16 to 13. Uh, Baltimore wins a game that, by all rights, uh, they could have lost and no one would have blamed them. And uh, they go to 7-3 and three and are got to be considered one of the top teams now in the AFC. Yep, no doubt. Um, and Huntley, you look at, you know, their, their big drive uh, down at the end to get uh, the touchdown to go ahead, made a really nice throw to Sammy Watkins to yep. get him down there. Uh, you know, down at like the five or four yard line, uh, not a lot of time left. So yeah. Huntley played well. Yeah, kudos. And time of possession, Mike, mm -hmm. uh, this is one that Baltimore tends to own anyways. 38.50 for Baltimore, just 21 minutes and 10 seconds for the Bears. Wow. So, wow. Um, again, that that's all you need to know. Uh, the 34 rushing attempts by the Ravens again, right, right in line with what they usually do. But um, it's a good win for them again, like you said, with no Lamar Jackson and continuing to move on uh, in the in the standings. And seven and three is pretty good for yeah. the AFC right now. Pretty pretty good. Where do you want to go next, buddy? Oh. Titans Texans in a surprise yeah. game. There. 
Yeah, I mean, I let's let's uh, we can go briefly to Cleveland if you have to. Okay, and we're done. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the Browns struggling to win, uh, needing a win, playing the hapless, hopeless, listless, winless Detroit oh. Lions, and uh, there you go. There's another threefer, yeah. and. Um, Mike, Baker Mayfield, 15 of 29, Ouch. 100, 176 yards, a, a touchdown and two interceptions. Um, you know, I can't keep just, making the same points with this guy. I, I know. It's just it's just crazy to me that, you know, that they were just so good last year and, you know, Certainly the running game hid some of Mayfield, but Mayfield had some good games last year. He just does not seem to be Well, he's definitely not healthy. Good. I'm not going to apologize for him, you know, but he's definitely not healthy. And right. that left shoulder, is, you know, you say it's his non-throwing shoulder, but still uh, it's obviously sure. a big issue. Uh, and if you, anytime you're counting on him to throw you into a win – it's not going to happen, but especially now with his injuries, um, you know, is he better than the backup? Yeah, yeah, definitely, right, Case Keenum. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, no doubt. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, they're able to lean on, you know, Nick Chubb comes back, uh, 22 carries for 130 yards, and so they get back into doing more you know, Browns football kind of things, but yeah. they really, I mean, Detroit is terrible. Um, they really should have beat them. This was a 13, 10 final, uh, with all 13 Cleveland points coming in the second quarter. Uh, they, they need to, uh, they need to do better here. Uh, I will say this though. They, uh, stat for you ran for 150, uh, or more yards for the eighth time this year. And that is the most that they have done in the season since 1978. Oh, wow. Good for them. So, One of the more exciting runs was Jarvis Landry lined up at quarterback and took the wildcat snap, uh, and he ran it in for a 16-yard touchdown. But uh, 16 yards, he probably traveled more than twice that, but zigging and zagging back and forth. And then you know ran over a defender at the goal line uh, to pop it in. Uh, you know that guy has all kinds of athleticism and ability. And uh, see him, you know we'll see him shine the rest of the year with Odell out of there. Uh, and uh, so that was you know besides Chubb's consistency, uh, you know Landry, you know nice nice play call by the Browns in the red zone and they got it done there. But uh, and poor Detroit in DeAndre Swift. Another great game, 14 rushes, 136 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know, running the ball. Uh, but they just can't get it done again. They have to start someone named Tim Boyle, Dave. Uh, any yeah, idea I'm where sorry. Tim Boyle I'm went sorry. to school? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Tim Boyle, his fourth season, they're telling me, out of Eastern Kentucky. Um with wow. Goff out, I, don't, I honestly don't know why Goff was out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll get all the backstory for the Thanksgiving Day game, um, you know, this Thursday with that, I'm sure. But uh, if you're starting Tim Boyle at quarterback uh, and you're the Detroit Lions, it's not going to end well. And they drop to 0-9-1. Maybe it'll be a nice story Thanksgiving Day while you're uh, – you know, on your second helping of stuffing, uh, that you can watch Tim Boyle and the boys uh, pull their first one of the season out um, and live the American dream. So, uh, yeah, not not exactly a game for the time capsule, there, buddy. Nope, nope. And we probably spent more time on it than we needed to. Uh, that certainly. Mike, arguments for the the stunner of the day mm -hmm. uh, that you mentioned earlier is the Houston Texans right. uh, going to Tennessee. And I don't want to say they put a whooping on them because some of the numbers tell you otherwise, but they won the game, Mike, 22 to 13 against yeah. the Tennessee team that literally had been rolling 
through everybody. We talked about, you know, their five straight wins against playoff teams from the previous year. Yep. Uh, and the Texans come in and <laughs> I, I guess prove positive that anything can happen any week. Uh, yeah, the Titans if, had know, won six in a row and the, and the Texans had lost eight in a row uh, coming into this game. And uh, Ron, th- this game, there was a lot of weather uh, issues with rain and, and slipperiness. And I, I definitely would be lying if I said it wasn't a factor. All in all, though, Tannehill uh, throws the ball 35 completions uh, on 52 attempts, Dave. Uh, one touchdown, four interceptions, count them four. Uh, yep, and he fumbled twice now. They, they recovered them. Uh, but that's that is a, a lot of sloppy ball handling, oh my and we're not talking about basketball here, folks. <laughs> my mind went somewhere completely different, but we'll leave. Yeah, that. that's why I had to uh, throw the basketball. Family show, family and, show, right? But probably the, so, one of the most pathetic plays I've seen uh, all year uh, with uh, Tennessee driving and at the goal line, they hand the ball to Adrian Peterson. And he gets, I don't know, he took like two steps and he got stood straight up and stopped. But it was like he stopped running also. It was almost as if he thought someone blew the whistle. Uh, he's standing straight up, stiff as a board, looking old. Uh, and he gets taken down. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you can look old in an NFL uniform, it was him. Uh, really pathetic looking play. I know they don't have uh, a lot of options there at running back, but... Uh, you know, the Adrian Peterson reunion tour just uh, just isn't making it for me uh, on a team that is a legitimate contender uh, to win the AFC. Uh, I did see a report this week, buddy, that Derrick Henry is recovering well and very well could make it back for the first round of the playoffs. So um, wow. they that's what they got to hold their hope out for because, you know, uh, uh, otherwise – Teams are going to uh, double-team uh, A.J. Brown, and it's over. I mean, what else AJ are they going to do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's interesting with Tannehill, and you know, we talk about how run-heavy Tennessee is and the play action, and, and Mike mentioned the, the 52 passing attempts. Mike, in his career, uh, Tannehill is 5-20 and 20 when he has 40 or more passing attempts in a game. Wow! Fuck. So when he th- when he throws it a lot, yeah, they lose. Yeah, I mean, that's that's as staggering a stat as any other. You know, when if you want to dictate the play calling um, by the Titans, I'm sure they're self scouting. Uh, they know that going in. Uh, but yeah, that's that's scary, Dave. Uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, made a good effort trying to stop a pick six. Uh, and, of course, we always have to hear that he played, you know, cornerback in, in, at Texas A&M uh, and then converted to QB here. But still, um, not what you want if you're an NFL quarterback, 5-20. and 20. Uh, Yeah. That's not good. And what about about Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, Virginia Tech uh, graduate comes in and he, the poor guy, all he does is win games and then get, gets benched or gets hurt. I mean, his or lung, gets his lung punctured or yeah. whatever happened in Cleveland last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like every, uh, that was, uh, the, um, chargers last year. Oh, the chargers. Yeah. Right, not Which Cleveland. Yeah. dawned the beginning of the Justin Herbert era. Uh, prematurely yeah. is what they thought, but yeah, it seems so like should we be blaming Justin Herbert? Did Justin <laughs> Herbert puncture uh, Tyrod Taylor's no. uh, lung? Well, uh, story at eleven on that. Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, Tyrod so, yeah. Taylor with two rushing touchdowns in this game, and yep. and like you say, he he wins games. Uh, so there you go. They, they take down the mighty career. Titans. Yeah, they take oh, them down. Oh, Absolutely no doubt. Yep. Uh, so, Mike, uh, in Minnesota yesterday, Minnesota. Uh, quite an entertaining game. Very. Uh, uh, Vikings and Packers. We had thought, you know, if the Vikings could play well, this might be an exciting game. And we got it. Wow. Oh, wow. Was this was this exciting or what? Minnesota 
34, Green Bay 31 uh, in a game where Minnesota had the ball at the end and just ran the clock right down uh, to nothing and then kicked a short 29-yard field goal to win the game. Uh, Just a a, a great game, a lot of back and forth. The the 75-yard touchdown pass to... uh, Devontae Adams there late in the fourth quarter from Aaron Rodgers makes you feel like, oh, okay, you know, there might be something here, and it tied the game. Um, But then Minnesota just drove, took the ball, and drove out the rest of the clock. um, Dave, one of the most egregious uh, call, turn to and non-calls I've seen in a long time uh, really screws the Packers in this game uh, with – Minnesota with the ball, driving on that fateful uh, game-winning field goal uh, drive. Uh, Cousins throws down uh, deep to the right for Jefferson. It gets intercepted by Darnell Savage. Uh, They cut to commercial. You know, Green Bay's going to survive. Two minutes and 17 seconds left with the ball uh, in a tie game. You know, plenty of time for Aaron Rodgers to go down and do his thing. And they come back from commercial and uh, they say, oh, it was reviewed and uh, it was determined that the ball moved when uh, Savage hit the ground and it's just an incomplete pass. So the call's reversed. Minnesota gets the ball back and finishes off the drive, like you said, uh, to get their game-winning field goal. Uh, Really marred what was an excellent football game. Not only did they make a call uh then they got together and reversed the call you know of course they re- you know it was a coach's review but still just a terrible in my opinion um reversal uh you know when things are reviewed like that uh it seems so obvious and then a terrible job by the TV crew because we didn't see any of this. We were in commercial the whole time because um, they had cut to the – or this game was on TV here locally. So uh, I was following it pretty intently uh, at this point. And, uh, yeah, just a terrible job by the refs. Uh, and Kirk Cousins does his thing uh, good enough to win. Dave, Minnesota – Actually, is a scary good team. They're five losses. They've lost by a combined 18 points this season. That's it, 18 points. Uh, so yeah. um, there's another team that if they sneak into the playoffs and right now they would qualify, uh, could be could be scary. You know, uh, this Justin Jefferson is uh, something special. Uh, one, another one of these wide receivers, these young guys that uh, just impresses every week. Uh, He had 10 targets, 8 catches, 169 yards, and 2 touchdowns, including a a great 56-yard play earlier in the game. Uh, Adam Thielen continues to do his thing. 10 targets, 8 catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, they got weapons everywhere uh, on this Minnesota team. And... uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, did hurt his toe um, pretty badly. He left the end of the first half early to get it checked out, uh, and they were warming up Jordan Love, but Rodgers came out um, and, you know, played a, a gritty second half. They asked him if it would felt like a turf toe, and he said, no, I've had turf toe before. This feels worse. Uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to deal with it uh, through – the bye week and then hopefully I can get some you know recovery during the bye week so their bye week is week 13 uh so uh one more week just this next week yeah Yeah. uh and then maybe he can recover but uh very entertaining football game like you said Dave yeah so Mike I have a question for you absolutely when you think about uh great all-time great young wide receivers for the Minnesota Vikings who do you think of all-time Chris Carter, although he was on the Eagles before that. Right, no. like uh, just, Randy Moss. Right, Randy Moss. Yeah. So uh, Justin Jefferson in this game broke Randy Moss's record for most catches by a Viking in the first two years with 149. Wow. 
And did you see before the game? <laughs> they still have seven games left. Oh, that's a great point. Wow. They still have seven games left. That's staggering. And he's already broken Randy Moss's record. Before and the game, Moss they folks... showed Jefferson in oh, a Randy goodness. Moss T-shirt. He, he was wearing a Randy Moss T-shirt under his pads. Sorry, I cut so, you. No, no, it's fine. But, it, it, folks, if you haven't seen, I mean, Randy Moss was a freak mm. athletically and just unbelievable uh, coming out of college, out of uh, Marshall. And for Being Justin Jefferson, yeah. right, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, to, to, to know that Justin Jefferson is blowing this record out of the water. And it wasn't like the Vikings didn't throw the ball when they had Randy Moss. They did. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like they were, you know, just throwing on third and long, folks. Uh, that's a tremendous, tremendous uh, note. And I just wanted to make sure to yeah. get it out, folks. And he went to college the same time at LSU as C.D. Lamb. You know, what a, what a combination on the outside. Uh, and, you know, Joe Burrow playing quarterback. No wonder they, you know, Coach O paid for, I mean, won a national title down there uh, at LSU. And then, oh, well, we'll get to college football another yes. day. Wow, bringing up. Sorry. Big Ed. No, so, no, that's okay. Well, where do, you want, <laughs> where do you want to go next, Mike? Uh, I have to mention, Dave, uh, I don't really have any notes on this game, but the Eagles all of a sudden uh, are oh playing very gosh. well. 40-29 to 29 over the uh, Saints. And from all accounts, the game wasn't even that close. Um, they were, you know, up early and just continued to add on. Uh, end of the first half, they were up 27 to seven. Uh, then scored uh, all the points in the third quarter, so it was 33 to seven after three. Uh, and the Eagles um, and Hurts, Jalen Hurts, are starting to really put it together. Uh, bad for me in the NFC East is the Washington Football Team won as well. Um, yeah, the Giants are firmly in last place, <laughs> depending on what happens tonight against the Buccaneers. But yeah, um, and yeah, this he, this Eagles team hard to figure out, Mike. But like you say, that Jalen Hurts is starting to mm -hmm. put it together. Eighteen carries for a magical sixty-nine yards and three touchdowns, uh, and thirteen for twenty-four passing for one hundred and forty-seven yards. Uh, the Eagles themselves fifty carries for 242 yards in this game wow. uh and we've talked about this now i mean that's an indication that the offensive line is starting to come around and um <laughs> and yeah don't you look now do. but the philadelphia eagles are five and six and right, right right there with all of these middling 500 teams yeah and that's what you want to do to the saints team is you know run the ball ball control and make them have to pass the ball uh, to catch up because this is not happening with uh, Trevor Simeon. And uh, I saw um, Tyson, Taysom Hill got a new contract uh, as a backup quarterback. He's making like $85 million over the four-year life of the, of the contract. Uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, is he going to play at all? Yeah, can we get him on the field for options? <laughs> just, just a question. Uh, you know, you get a nice contract. How it's a, could you put your ass on the field? Oh, boy, here we now, go. Now, the Saints didn't have Alvin Kamara, and we've yet to see Kamara and Ingram be reunited uh, at the same time on this field. Peaches and Herb are not reunited and feeling so good yet. and feeling very good at yeah. all. Thank you. I had it going in my head, too. Yeah, might as well just address it right up. Um, so you know this saints team you know we said it a few weeks ago when Jameis went out uh can they hang on and win this division they're down to five and five now and if they do limp into the playoffs they're just going to be you know first round fodder for the uh you know the number two seed whoever that ends up being but yeah eagles eagles are starting to round into shape here and i don't like it buddy yeah, no, uh, the Eagles, and you mentioned the Washington football team, doing your Giants no favors as they, they've won, they've both won the last two weeks, and yeah. uh, now, now the Giants need to do the same thing. Uh, as we know, the Giants are, are playing uh, Tampa Tom and the Buccaneers tonight, Monday Night Football, as we record just 
just before game time. So uh, hopefully uh, the NFC East uh, can do three out of four wins this week. Yeah, I would like that. Um, are you ready to get to the NFC East and the only loser here with uh, the Chiefs and the Cowgirls, buddy? <laughs> the only loser. <laughs> you notice how I uh, brought that aptly, up? Aptly put, yes. Uh, oh, what a what a disaster of a game. I mean, Why do you say so that? much. So, well, just, you know, a lot of hype around two teams, you know, the the Chiefs are playing a little bit better. Dallas looks like, oh, maybe the best team in the NFC. And mm-hmm. you get a 19-9 to clunker. Uh, yeah, it was a clunker. And uh, this Dallas team, uh, as long as Jerry Jones is the owner and general manager, I'm just not worried about them ultimately. Uh, you know, they do have weapons on offense, if we discussed, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb and, and uh, Amari Cooper, who is hurt. Uh, you know, they still Ezekiel Elliott running him out there uh, at running back. But um, just a big, flat dud of a performance by them uh, against the Chiefs team that even though they won a couple of games, uh, still I don't think is very good. The formula is out there to beat them, and they just couldn't execute. Uh, um Travis Kelsey, another uh, stone-handed performance, even though the numbers don't reflect it. Uh, <laughs> stone-handed the, Dallas had an interception where he hit Kelsey over the middle, hit him right in the hands, and it bounced straight up in the air and right into the defender's you know, uh, chest. It was like gift-wrapped for him. Uh, he continues to just baffle this year on you know what what he's got going on you know definitely dipped in the ranks of tight ends in the league uh you know Taysom Hill or not Taysom Hill Tyreek Hill uh continues to just get the bulk of the receptions 11 targets nine catches 77 yards um and you know Mahomes was okay 23 for 37 260 and an interception uh, and the Chiefs survive, like you said, a lot of hype around this game, uh, and it was a big old dud. But uh, the Chiefs continue to stay in first place uh, in their division now at seven and four, and the Cowgirls are in first place in the East at seven and three. Uh, not much else for me to say about this game. What's what say you? Yeah, you know uh, the Chiefs' defense played good in this game. They did. I- they did. You know, five year, sacks. Yeah. yeah, first time all year. Five sacks of Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Um, they picked him off twice, you know. Uh, so, you know, maybe something to hang their hat on uh, as far as the Chiefs go, that they only gave up nine points to really one of the best offenses in the league, Mike. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe they'll they'll build from this and, and go from there, but we'll see. Uh Dave, the Cardinals and the Sea Chickens played uh, out there in the desert, uh, and the Cardinals win this game 23-13. to Uh, Russell Wilson came back too early, dude. Yeah, yeah, we we said it last week, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Geno Smith was playing fine. You know, I don't know know, what the urgency was, and he probably – sold Pete Carroll and everybody, you know, that he was perfectly healthy and he just wasn't 14 for 26, 207 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, just not a strong performance by him. He got sacked four times. Uh, you don't see him taking sacks like that. Uh, the running back Carson, uh, for the Seahawks, uh, has seizing ending neck surgery. He was, you know, supposedly coming back, coming back. And he was about to, you know, it was his time to come off the injured list, and uh, all of a sudden he's out for the year, uh, and so their running game is non-existent, and uh, they dropped to three and seven uh, in the NFC West. They're they're in trouble if not uh, a candidate for get out of here at this point. Uh, oh yeah, and I think you know you really start to think, and I, you know you're hearing. Uh, at least I've heard some rumblings that, you know, 
maybe this is, you know, the end for Pete Carroll and, and, and Russell Wilson. And it's, you know, yep. it's time for them to go their separate ways. Uh, three and seven, hardly a, a, a Seahawk record that we're used to seeing. Uh, Pete but Carroll Mike, stormed out of the press conference, buddy, when he was asked about that. What a baby. Yeah, yeah. So clearly it's it's obviously really affecting him. Um, and, Mike, you've said it now, and I'll just echo it. Uh, Colt McCoy, he looks okay. Yeah. 30, 35 of 44, 328 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, um, and playing playing really well in, in relief of injured Kyler Murray. Yeah, and taking the team to 9-2 and two and – uh, doing more than you know, holding the spot for Kyler Murray, like you said, and you know, got to be one, going to be one of the highest-paid backups probably, you know, next off-season. Uh, just getting the job done. I mean, he's got a ton of weapons. Don't get me wrong. And Zach Ertz, how happy is he to be outside of Philadelphia? Ever since he's gone to Arizona there at the trade deadline, he's just catches TD passes. Had two more in this game. Uh, and with all the other options on the outside for the Cardinals, you know, they're going to single cover him with a linebacker and just not going to end well uh, for that linebacker. So uh, Cardinals uh, feeling frisky, looking good, you know, got to be considered, if not the top, one of the top teams uh, in the NFC at this point, buddy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, playing very, very well. Um and Mike, there was uh, you mentioned uh, the Chargers and the Steelers. Oh yeah, um, and how entertaining that was. Uh, so let's get into that one. Um, you now the Steelers have been playing a, a little bit better. Well, I guess the tie against Detroit doesn't really yeah. count as playing <laughs> a little bit better. But they, they we've played. seen over the last few weeks that their identity. You thought they were starting to get some identity a little bit. Um, and seeing a little bit more running the ball and a little bit better defense, but no defense in this game really for, for either team. No, it was definitely defense optional and uh, a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, it was kind of game you didn't want to see end uh, just because they were going back and forth and it was compelling. Uh, Justin Herbert uh, for the Chargers uh, had a great game, 30 for 41 for 382, three touchdowns and an interception. He also ran the ball, Dave, nine times for 90 yards, uh, including a 36-yarder on a big third down and long uh, that you know, really um, was impressive. You, you don't think of him as a mobile quarterback, but he certainly can get it done. Yeah, and Mike, uh, in in doing that, he is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have 350 plus passing yards and nine and 90 or more yards rushing in the same game. Oh, really? Lamar Jackson hasn't done that. Oh, right, because he can't throw the ball. Uh, oh, Kyle, and I, there. Kyler and Murray, there it I is. Say, the poor guy is home in his bed, uh, sick, uh, can't play, and Mike is throwing rocks at his house. Yeah, he's drooling the drool of regret into the pillow of remorse, <laughs> letting me in his neighborhood. For sure. <laughs> Dave. But Mike, your boy Austin Eckler. I was just gonna bring him up. Absolutely. Go ahead. Oh my goodness. You know, he he, you know, kind of disappeared there for a game or two, but he's right back at it. Eleven carries, fifty yards, two touchdowns, six catches, sixty-five yards, two touchdowns. Uh man, oh man, when he plays well, he is just a, a, a sight to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they have again enough weapons on the outside where you can't just key on him, you know, Keenan Allen. Uh, Mike Williams, there was a Mike Williams sighting. Uh, nice yeah, finally. Long. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's been non-existent for a while here. Yeah, nice long 53-yard play down the sideline for him. Uh, you know, they have some of the all-time biggest uh, tight ends with Jared Cook and uh, that Donald Farham. Those guys are monsters at tight end. Uh, and, yeah, these um, – San Diego, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, almost. good. You did it. I didn't do it this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, what a Jekyll and Hyde type team. And their record shows that it's six and four early in the year that looked like they were going to run away with the AFC and Herbert was going to be the MVP. And then they definitely hit some major speed bumps. And now uh, they come back and have a couple of nice games, including this 
against a Steeler team that I still don't think is very good, Dave. I still think, you know, Big Ben's on his 13th year senior tour, um, and they can run the ball a little with Najee Harris, but um, I don't know. I just don't think this Pittsburgh's team is very good. Uh, and then no. five, four, and one, uh, I, I'd be surprised to see them make the playoffs, but we'll see. There's a lot of football left. There is a lot of football left, despite the fact that we're, you know, at Thanksgiving uh, coming up this week. Like I was saying, I mean, there are a lot of teams that still have seven games left. That feels like an eternity. Yeah, just short of half a season, you know, in, in traditional scheduling terms. So, um, yeah, it's very difficult for me also to get a gauge on where we are actually in the season. And I hear you know, people talking about mid-January to the end of the regular season, and I'm like, that doesn't compute quite yet, but we'll get used to it, as I'm sure uh, the NFL get used to lining their pockets with all the extra money they're going to make with this extra (laughs) schedule. Um, I'll be very curious to see the numbers as far as um, they certainly are sacrificing the quality of football for the length of football, uh, this yeah. season, and w- I'm really interested in see what the injury numbers are, and you know where we are uh, when the season is all said and done that way, uh, and what the players' association will be in uh, position to demand because of that uh, added attrition. They definitely, I think, need to expand the rosters at this this point. Uh, but you know that's uh, another conversation for another day for sure. So, uh, so Dave, that I think wraps up our week 11 recap. Uh, again, we have the Monday night game going on right now with the Bucks and the Giants. I see the Buccaneers are already ahead seven to nothing in the first quarter. Um, yep, the Giants are down, uh, just completed a, a, fa- a, a fast, a pass on. Second down, uh, down to the 20-yard line of Tampa. So it's going to be third and five here. All right. Uh, you see what um, your boy there draws up for uh, a play call. Jason Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett, I yes. I believe Saquon's back in the lineup tonight. So I'm excited to see what he looks like. Uh, if he's anything less than 100% healthy, I'd be surprised uh, oh, getting yeah. him back in. Uh, so, folks, look for uh, our recap of the Monday Night Football. We'll play a few games uh, when we do that podcast, Dave, you know, some pretender, contender type things uh, as we have all these teams bunched up uh, around 500 uh, in both leagues or both conferences. Um, it'll be fun to put each other on the spot. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get into our college football uh, recaps as we get down to the end of the regular season for college football. Uh, and, you know, folks, we really do appreciate all the feedback. Dave? Um, Mike, there are some really, really good games week 12. Are there? Oh, yes, there are. Uh, so does that include the triple shot on Thanksgiving? Uh... You have two buys, the Cardinals and the Chiefs. Thanksgiving early game, you got Bears and Lions. That's a dud. That's uh, a snooze fest. Raiders, Cowgirls uh, at 4.30. Could be interesting game, you know, always yeah. put on a show. Uh, and then I think the Bills Saints, Bills should blow them out uh, for the night game. But uh, You would hope so. They're favored by four and a half. Uh almost, Rogers. I guess, kind of, yeah, kind of begging you to take Buffalo there, I think. Right. Um, so what are you so looking we'll at see. for? Um, just a, a slew of what I think is you know, potentially great games. You have Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. Good game. Uh, we'll see how Tampa does tonight. But regardless, uh, you have Tennessee at New England. Yep. Um, another really, really good matchup. Uh, we mentioned earlier the uh, Green Bay, the Rams at Green Bay mm. uh, in the later slot on Sunday. Um, and the Sunday night game could potentially be interesting depending on how it goes. Cleveland at Baltimore. Well, it'll be hard hitting for sure. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see who's playing quarterback for both teams, really. Uh, Ravens yeah. favored by four in that game, so I think they're probably betting on Lamar 
uh, playing there. To be back. Oh, yeah. And, and then I Vikings think... That Vikings-Niners game could be really interesting. Is that where you were That's going? what I was just... Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Both teams, 5-5, five and five, uh, really trying to find their spot in the playoffs mm. and, and teams that are starting to play well. So, you know, there's there have been some weeks. Now, don't get me wrong. We've got the Jets at the Texans, which is really bad. Um but you, there are some game, a lot of really, really uh, good games. I, I mean, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati could be a good game in the early slot as well. Sure. Um, so at least you know this next week, it looks like a lot more better games. Where some weeks we've said, "Boy, I don't even know what's going to happen uh, <laughs> and how things are going to go uh, as far as that goes." But uh, lots of good games coming up. Certainly, three games on on Thursday. Um, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as usual, we'll be watching with our eagle eyes and bringing you some compelling stats and uh, our brilliant observations as we head into the holiday season. Uh, we're looking forward to, like we said, a lot of football still left to be played uh, here, folks. And we're going to be watching on Think Tank Sports, uh, where we think and you.